I just want to lift him up.
good to be in the house of God.
before this morning. The Lord woke me up. I ate a sleep apnea mask machine for my wife. Couldn't understand what I said, but um, you know, I was awake but asleep, I guess. You know, when you're in that state where you can hear things and but you're still eyes closed. The Lord woke me up and he said, two bags.
been in, in contact with a pastor, Joseph uh, Wanea. I hope I don't put his name. Wanaya. And he has a work in Kenya, Africa. But, uh, he wanted to get in contact with me, and, and finally that was arranged. And I, and I spoke with him. And uh, this, this man has been doing the work of God for uh, somewhere around 19, 20 years. And they've seen miracles. Uh, you know, we hope for miracles. We hope to see miracles. We hope to see people being delivered and uh, saved filled with the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus' name, and even uh, healing miracles, other miracles take place, and, and uh, just in, in conversation with him, uh, they see those things almost every day. <laughs> They'll kind of, you know, let you know, praise God, whatever, whatever is happening there. Obviously, there's a big difference what they're going to over there than what we're going to over here. Whatever separates us from experiencing that, I don't know. Um, I was talking to him, and I think at that particular time we were baptizing the two back in the back of the church. And uh, so I said, uh, we're baptizing two in Jesus' name. He said, Pastor Marshall, I'm getting ready to baptize. Uh, I think he said it was like 47 or 57 people. So, and it was, it was a good con good conversation. They've been building the church. They, they, they started out, they, they built the walls out of a cinder block and they got that up. And then from there they began to uh, build, the, put in the ceiling, the trusses and all that. And the windows and now uh, the floor, they, they poured the floor, got the floor in there and, and now they're lacking uh, uh, they're, they're all the, uh, I guess the equipment, the, the, uh, however they're going to do that, uh, I think uh, to try to get some power in there somehow. But uh, he put a request out, and uh, a request out for help, for financial help for $600 to anybody. So, uh, and he sent one to us, so uh, I, I, we, we were supporting uh, a, a brother, um, no, I can't remember his name, <laughs> Wallace. Yeah, yeah. Brother Wallace, and we, we uh, made a pledge to support him for a year. <clears throat> and, and of course that, you know, we, we, we went through that year, we sent him uh, offerings as a, he was over there in France, and, and we finished with that, but I, I kind of feel like whatever this assembly can do, uh, I, don't, I don't expect us to raise $600, but whatever we can do to help meet that amount, whatever it may be, uh, I would like to take a special offering this Sunday. And whatever we can raise, uh, we can go ahead and we can send it on to them. Uh, Praise God and try to help them finish their uh, church, their, their building, their facility. So just pray about that. Amen. Pray about that and, and uh, 
we'll see what we can do to help him. I, I really believe that your blessing to God, of course, if you read Luke 6, 38, yeah. and your blessing to God, God will make a way for us. Right. And uh, I'm talking to uh, Brother Javier last night and asking the situation concerning the other half of this building, so I just explained it to him, and he said, he said, Brother Harold, I, I know of people that uh, for whatever reason, the Lord laid this property uh, on their hearts, and, and he said this property belonged to a pretty wealthy man. And he said they just, for whatever reason, he said the Lord led them to it. And, and what they did was they began to pray for that man. And he told them the amount that they wanted, that he was looking for to buy that property. And, and of course, they couldn't afford it. And so they just put it to prayer and they prayed for that man and it wasn't very long after that what happened was that that person that owned that property uh, got in touch with those people and they said he said I want to donate this property to your church and he said they use that property to this day this is somewhere out there in, in Oregon so uh, anything's possible with God for the Harvey assets and he said we're going to focus on praying for for Bill Brunick. So his name is being mentioned before the Lord. So let's Amen. pray. Amen. Let's pray. You never know. God will work a miracle. Yeah. I know I know one thing. I know several people have looked at it and and of course talking to one person they said he's asking too much for it. So but God knows Amen. how to deal with mankind. So I thought I'd just mention that to you. We're here to do a work of God. Amen. Amen. So that's why we're here. So, uh, where are we going to go this evening? We're going to go somewhere. We're going to go somewhere. We're going to find something in the Word of God. Uh, as much as I've been wanting to somehow... Uh, uh, and I know before a lot of things have been happening here in the past month or so, uh, trying to finish up on what we've been talking about, the Feast of Trumpets and everything in that timeline. Uh, it just seems like certain things kind of came around, got interrupted, and I wanted to finish, and I wanted to finish, and, but it kind of got set aside. But I'm hoping to try to address certain things concerning that this evening. I know we talked about uh, the day, the memorial of blowing the trumpets. We talked about the ten days of awe. Everything concerning that, even uh, the Jewish tradition concerning that. And then the day of atonement and, and how, what the day of atonement is. I mean, there's several things concerning the day of atonement that we came to understand. And the next thing that was going to happen in that seventh month Celebration was the was the Feast of Tabernacles, which began on the fifteenth of that month and went to the twenty-first. And all that was was a celebration to commemorate or to celebrate. Uh, to to them, it was a memorial of them in their journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. So they were to build little booths or tabernacles to live in to commemorate their journey from Egypt to the Promised Land and, and, and 
keep that in mind that you know where God brought them from and of course that has a even a significant meaning uh, significant understanding how that all has a part in what we're going to come to I mean it's still uh, prophetic it's still in the future and even though everything that is going to uh, come upon this world in the end times we're going to there's, there's going to be a lot of things happening and and uh, praise God so uh, we're going to see that but as a result you know when that when we apply it to scripture and, and, and when, when we apply the scripture to that and see how the Lord is going to uh, basically uh, bring the church through that period of time and set us up now we, we, we finish with the day of atonement now we understand what the day of atonement is but to set us up for the for the feast of tabernacles that is going to happen okay um, and, and then how we see that that ushers us into the millennial reign of Christ how this plays a part of what God's going to do in the end times it's amazing it's awesome and if you go and you go with me in your Bibles to the book of uh, Romans chapter 11, and we'll see here, we'll, we'll, we'll look at uh, a few passages of Scripture, uh, Romans chapter 11, and right around verse number 7, it says, uh, it says this, well, <clears throat> look what, Paul is talking about here. Let's kind of back it up just a little bit. Look what Paul is talking about here. He had a burden for his people, Israel. He had a burden for them. Carried a burden. He said in verse 1, he said, I say then that God cast away his people. God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Wot ye not what the scripture saith of Elias? How he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. What saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace then it is no more of works. Otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Let me just stop here for a moment. Uh, in studying prophecy, and comparing notes with a lot of uh, men who who have uh, done research and prophecy, there's always certain uh, questions or certain issues that always arise concerning uh, the nation of Israel. 
And of course, uh, we're, we're going to see that here momentarily. But when it concerns the Jews, you know, a lot of people, when they read this passage of Scripture, there's always a little bit of uh, misunderstanding or confusion here because a lot of them don't realize this. And, and, and I want you to understand something. Because when it talks about the gospel, Paul mentioned that they are enemies concerning the gospel. So all the Jews right now, all the Jews, and and and, and usually there is an a a and I'm not going to say an exception, but somehow a Jew will come to an understanding of realizing who Jesus is. So when they do that, they accept the truth. And they call them Messianic Jews because they believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So that term Messianic Jew. But anyway, uh, going back now, going back into history because this always seems to be a, it divides, uh, it divides uh, men who are trying to understand really what's, how God is going to deal with Israel in, in the end times. I want you to understand something. Who were, the, who were the first ones that the Lord reached out to with the gospel? The Jews. And, and we, see, we see on the day of Pentecost, what happened? The 120 that were in the upper room were all Jews. Even the mother of Mary. And, and so we see that, and that's what he said when, when he told his disciples, we're going out to, when you go out into the world to preach the gospel, and, and teach them about repentance in Jesus' name, baptism. Where did he say they were going to go first? He said, go first. He said Jerusalem and Judea. So, in other words, uh, there was a there was a harvest amongst the literal Jews back then. First, we know first we know this that it was the 120 believers in the upper room, and on the same day, on the day of Pentecost, what happened? The Bible says they added 3,000 more souls. So 3,000 and 120. So obviously there were other Jews even after that, before the Gentiles heard the gospel, or before they received the gospel, that were obviously filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. So there, it, there was an election according to the grace of God. There were some people that believed. And of course, you know, I, I believe it was all those that were there that witnessed Jesus' ministry for those three and a half years that, that seen and were part of it, that experienced it, that I believe a lot of those Jews were the ones that converted to Christianity. So we see that. So there are some saved, we know some saved Jews, as a matter of fact. We know some saved Jews. So, and that's why Paul said, uh, you know, what then, in verse number 7, Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. So, obviously, there was a, a group of them that had received it, you know, according to the election of grace, but guess what? The rest of them were blinded because they rejected. They rejected Jesus Christ. They rejected the gospel, the new covenant. So we see that. So he says, according as it is written, God has given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David saith, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened 
that they may not see and bow down their back always. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Now look what he says. God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles. Wow. For to, to provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. So we see. That was, one of, that was one reason God was trying to provoke them to jealousy by going to the Gentiles. So we see that. So when we, when we look in the scripture and, and we see what the scripture says about what's, what's going on here. Of course, we're, we're, uh, go to verse number 25. Go to verse number 25 there. And in the same chapter. And, and, and we'll, read, we'll read on a little bit here. Uh, verse number 25 and this is what it says it says uh, it says for I would not brethren that you should be ignorant of this mystery don't be ignorant of this mystery lest you should be wise in your own conceits that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in so blindness has happened to Israel so that the fullness of the Gentiles uh, will, will come in. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. Look what he says. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins as concerning. Look what he says. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved. For the Father's sake. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. For as ye in time past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so have these also now not believed that through their your mercy they also may obtain mercy. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. So look what he says. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Man. So, so we see that. We see that, that like I said, one thing about the Lord, He knows how to deal with the heart of man. Amen. Huh? Not just His own people, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. he, know, he knows how to deal with us. He knows how to somehow provoke us. Even to, to, to get a hold of us and, and, and so that we can, obviously, we can be stirred. We can, we can feel conviction. And, you know, he knows how to uh, get deep down inside into our vulnerableness. So that's something that, uh, amen, that uh, you, you think about. 
what God's going to do. So I want you to keep that in your mind. I want you to keep that in your mind right now. Just everything that we just read, keep that in your mind. Because there's going to be a day when that's when when the when the culmination of what he's going to do with his people after all these events. Let me tell you something. All these events that are going to happen that are that are uh, you know they're, they're prophetic, they're futuristic. They all have a purpose, and that's why he said, "How unsearchable, how unsearchable, uh, amen, are his judgments and his ways past finding out." God has a reason. He's no, he knows what he's doing. Even in the, the time of the end. How God is going to deal with his people. <coughs> That's going to be a glorious day. Amen. For the Jews. Man, there's going to be a celebration. For those people. They are literally going to go through Hell. Somebody says, Pastor swore. No, I didn't. What they are going to experience in, in, the, in the seventh week of Daniel, of course, we're going to get there. And what they're going to survive, not all of them are going to survive. What they're going to survive and they, what they're going to come through, man, and, and because of what they're going to experience, they're going to finally, it's going to hit them. They're going to finally see and go, wow, we know who that person is. We know who he is. And they're going to come to that revelation, that understanding, and that's when God is going to sweep in and he's going to save and redeem his people Israel okay so we'll, we'll work out the details here in a while here but uh, Luke chapter uh, 21 the gospel of Luke chapter 21 so I'm just kind of giving you a little tidbit so you know certain certain uh, uh, scripture that will kind of help you to understand you know that when he's talking about the times of the Gentiles, how he's going to deal with his people. In in Luke 21, it's in verse number yeah uh, yeah Luke 21, verse number 20. It says, "And when ye shall see Jerusalem come past with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the country enter therein. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But go unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Wow. Can anybody tell me what he's talking about here? 
Can anybody tell me what he's referring to in this passage of scripture? What's he talking about? Yes, that's that's true. That's true, but in, in this particular scripture verse right here, what's he talking about here? Look at look at what he's saying. Look at the timeline in this scripture. What happened in 70 AD? That's that's when Rome came in. Vespin was actually the leader of the Roman armies at that time, and of course his son Titus, and for whatever reason, history says Vespin was, uh, for whatever reason, called back to Rome, so guess what, Titus took on the responsibility of uh, going and, and to Jerusalem, uh, of course to, in all Israel, all the country of Israel, you see how they made their, their uh, how would you say, their conquest of, of Palestine, and they went and they they, they seized a lot of major cities and major points in Israel, and, and Jerusalem was one of the last ones there, but they besieged Jerusalem, and, and, and that's when, uh, praise God, that he's talking about when all this happened, when they, when, they, when they built walls around Jerusalem, and they kept people from coming in, and they kept people from going out. But finally, after a... a, 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 a a time of, uh, of battle and a time of, of struggle, guess what happened? Jerusalem fell. And when Jerusalem fell, if you read the account, uh, you, you can probably find the account of it on, 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 a, on a good historical document on YouTube, but uh, another, another account of it is the works of Josephus. The works of Josephus. And, and, and even in his account, Josephus said this, he said, he said, because he was there when this all happened. He, he's seen it. He's, he experienced it. He's seen it when, 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 the, when the Roman army, when the legions surrounded uh, Jerusalem and, and everything that was going on. There, there were even factions amongst the Israelites behind the walls. And they fought each other. If they weren't fighting the Roman army, they were fighting each other. And they had control of three areas of Jerusalem. So they fought that way. And whenever the, the Romans came and, and tried to uh, breach the walls, they all came together and they all fought off the Romans. It was pretty crazy. He said, but there were signs in the heaven at that time. He said, when, when the sun would go down, he said, it, and it was a particular evening, he said, when the sun would go down, and he said it was when, when, when the twilight began to, to settle upon you know, the, 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 the sky, he said, all of a sudden, everybody was looking up in the sky. He said, it was like there was a, a symbol in the sky. He said, there were stars that were shaped like a sword, he said. And they've never seen that constellation before. So they're wondering, why is that up there? Obviously, this is the reason why. The Lord said that he was going to deal with his people. And not too long after that, there was a, a person that was a, uh, you know, we talk about the watchman in the scripture, how the watchman stand on the walls, and the watchman would, would let people know if there was danger coming. He said, uh, a person that had that charge was on, on, on one of the outer walls, and there he was, and he began to, he said, he began to sound, he began to sound that, uh, you know, the, the Roman uh, forces were coming again, and as, as he was sounding to warn all the Israelites behind the walls, he said, what happened? He said, lightning came down from the sky, a clear sky, and struck that individual and killed him. 
So obviously, when you read this, but woe unto them that are with child, and to them that get suck in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles shall be fulfilled. So you see that. That's what took place, and they call that the great diaspora, the dispersion. So when Titus just totally leveled Jerusalem. That's interesting because if you watch uh, doc documentaries on Jerusalem, you know, people go there and, and, and they go and they, they want to take a, a tour of the Holy Land and Jerusalem is one of the highlights. And, and they go and they, and, and you know, they nowadays they have it mapped out where you can walk down, they call it the uh, Gala, Via Gala Rosa. That was supposed to be the way that Jesus took when they led him to Calvary. And, and, and as one person said, as one Jewish historian says, it's really not the real Via Dolorosa. That's not the, really way, the real path he took. The real path he took is, is some 20, 30 feet below that surface. Jerusalem, Jerusalem was besieged, of course, by Nebuchadnezzar. When they built, they had to build upon rubble. And when the Romans destroyed it, guess what? It was rubble. So they had to build upon rubble. So what happens? They couldn't, they, they couldn't dig it out. So what did they do? They built on top of it. So all the, the original old streets are 20, 30 feet below the surface. Wow. So it kind of gives you an idea, kind of. So obviously, he warned his people when this happened, when the Romans come around and surround the city, he said, you got time. And guess what? History says this. If you ever read uh, a book uh, by the gentleman who wrote, uh, how many of you have ever read uh, Box Books of Martyrs? Yes. If you read, ever read the book, uh, uh, an historical account written by that gentleman, you'll, you'll notice something. He talks not in that book, but another book. He talks about all the Christians leaving Jerusalem before the Romans came. Because they knew the Romans were coming, they were in Palestine and northern Israel. And they knew all this was going to happen, so what did all the Christians do? They left Jerusalem. Wow. They were well aware of what was going to happen. They understood. So they were there when, when Jerusalem was besieged and Jerusalem, Jerusalem was trodden down. I mean, the Bible says, and that's what Jesus said, there's not going to be left one stone upon the other, that they're going to be all torn down. And, and you know that literally happened when when the when the uh, Roman troops uh, uh, breached the walls uh, just right coming off of the, the Antonia fortress when they breached those walls and they made their way into the temple precinct and and uh, when they made their way into the temple precinct all the people that were defending the temple precinct began to fall back so when they did by some chance they were trying to get into the temple. And, and as the Jewish defenders were trying to close the door of a temple, one Roman soldier, they say, history says, he threw a torch. And before they could close the door, that torch went into the uh, temple and somehow caught uh, a, a fabric in there on fire. And that's how the, the temple was burned down. So as a result from the intense heat of the fire, guess what happened? Those walls that were overlaid with gold, they all mounted down and went into the cracks. So the Roman soldiers 
guess what they did? They wanted that gold. They dug into the cracks. They took the cracks. They took apart every stone so they can get their hands on some of that gold that melted between those stones. So every stone was taken off from one another. That wasn't a fulfillment of God's word. Wow. That's what I say. Prophecy is accurate. Prophecy is actual the Gentiles. From that time when they were taken captive and they were they were, you know, dispersed among all nations, that became the time of the Gentiles, the time of Gentile rule. And that's what he's talking about. Uh, he said, he said that. Uh, the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So that kind of that kind of connects with a lot of events during history, even up to the last century, even now. Uh, there's some really interesting things concerning that. <clears throat> Go ahead. So when Israel became a nation, is that I would say that it is. The beginning of the end. Yeah. Because God's people had to return as he said they were going to return. And, and of course, what, here's the thing. What, 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 they, what was one of the questions they asked Jesus when he began to talk to them about, you know, the Sermon of the Mount? One of the questions that they asked him uh, that, when, when, when shall these things be? And, and of course, well, let's read it. Uh, uh, Matthew 24. Uh, go there quickly. When shall these things be? There's some, there, there's some important questions they asked him. They said, uh, the disciples came unto him privately, in verse number 3 of 24, and saying, tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So we see that they... They, they asked him the question about these things, and of course he explained to them what was going to happen. And, and of course the times of the Gentiles, did you realize that? We're still living in the time of the Gentiles. Guess what? The church is a Gentile church. There were a few Jews that made it in, but the, jerk, the, the church, uh, uh, you know, as far as the majority of, of, of souls that are in a church is a Gentile church. So the times of the Gentiles shall be fulfilled. And, and so we see that. We see that happening. Uh, and of course, here we go. We're, we're, we're going into uh, what they talk about uh, uh, during, during, the, during the last days now. Uh, I, I want you to understand something. When we, when we talk about how this uh, is related to what the Bible talks about in the book of Revelation, the seals. The trumpets and the vials. Uh, I want you to understand something. It's a, it's a proven fact because a lot of uh, years ago, of course, I, I believe some of them are still like that. They still believe this concerning these. These have a lot. These are going to happen during the seventh week of Daniel. Of course, the seals begin to be opened at, at, at the beginning of the seventh week, week of Daniel, and as it goes through to the to the midpoint and past the midpoint. Uh, the opening of the sixth seal is when the church is going to be raptured up. 
And that's when we see all those blood-washed throngs standing in the book of Revelation, talking about all those that have came out of, that have come out of great tribulation. Okay? I want you to understand this. You can search it out yourself. You're going to find this to be true. Concerning the seals, concerning the, the trumpets, concerning the vials, they do not overlap. Because a lot of men say they overlap. So you could have the trumpet, the, the, the seals being opened up, and at the same time, some of the, some of the trumpets are going to be sounded. No, they do not overlap. So if you study the scripture, you're going to find out what, what starts the, the trumpets, what starts the first trumpet, what sounds, uh, what brings the, the first trumpet to sound. It's the seventh seal. So the seventh seal has to be opened for the first trumpet to come. And then the seventh trumpet has to sound for the first vial to be opened. They are successive. Okay? So... That's how we apply that to what's going to happen. I mean, this is this is beautiful when we talk about that. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Pay attention closely, because the use of terminology is very important here. The word tribulation. The word tribulation is different from the word wrath. Yes. Yes. That's right. Tribulation is pressure. And the seals, the seals, when they begin to open the seals, there's not going to be that much pressure. There's going to be persecution. Yes, there's going to be what we're experiencing right now, the, the, the chaos, the unrest, the lawlessness. We're going through that right now, but that's not the Great Tribulation. Amen. And the Great Tribulation period does not last the whole seven years. It's not the whole seven-year period. A lot of people look at the scripture and say, oh, it's the whole seven years. That's, that's the great tribulation. No, no, no. The Bible says the great tribulation period is only going to last for, amen, uh, from, a, from a minimum of a year and a half to a max of two years. That's a long time. Huh? How many of you could experience pressure and intensity and uh, all, all these things because Jesus said that there's not going to be a, a time like it nor has there ever been so you can you can imagine the intensity of the great tribulation period it's going to be a troublesome time so thank God it's only going to be for that duration of time it's not going to be the whole seven years because why why is that well let's use common sense now huh? let's use common sense it's because they will experience peace at the beginning now, if there was tribulation, why would they experience peace? So all those kinds of things you have to bring into the picture and, and consider. But most of all, let the word of God tell you how it really is going to happen. So you see that. And the reason why I'm saying that, because when this happens, when the Jews make the covenant with the Antichrist, Oh man, I don't want to. I don't want to go off and from from one point and go off and veer into the other. But when you when you when we talk about the word anti-Christ, of course, 
he's going to be he's going to be against God and he's going to exalt himself against God but even even in this sense antichrist if you if you're going to have uh, somebody uh, something that is real something that is authentic you're always going to have something that's a fake that's a sham So Jesus Christ came, and of course, we know he, he came and he preached the gospel, he preached uh, peace, he preached uh, righteousness, he preached truth, he came, uh, you know, preaching the kingdom of God, guess what's going to happen, the, the, the Antichrist is going to be just like that, he's going to seem like he has the answers for all of man's problems, huh? and he's even going to have the ability to perform miracles. Why? He's Antichrist. He's a sham of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the other thing. You'll find this in the book of Revelation. We'll go there soon, but listen to this. What did Jesus do? What was the one feat that Jesus did that no other human being has ever done? He was raised from the dead. You know what? The Antichrist is going to resurrect from the dead. Because he's going to be just like Jesus. That scripture in the book of Revelation, I'll show that to you later. He's going to raise from the dead. He, the Bible says he's going to be raised after he was wounded by a sword. Those are biblical terms. We can't, you know, back then they used swords to, to kill you. So obviously he's going to be raised after he was wounded by a sword. In other words, guess what? He's going to come back to life. So pay attention now because it's going to blow your mind. Some of you already know who this man is. He, he was here before. He has to be a person of history. He lived and walked on this earth already. I, I, I've had so many people talk to me. Is it Donald Trump? I say, no, it's not. You know why? The bloodline. The bloodline. So it's not Donald Trump. This man has to be of Japetic bloodline. There's actually several world leaders that were of Japetic bloodline who already lived and are now dead. So when we talk about the time of Jacob's trouble, remember the times of the Gentiles. We're living in the times of the Gentiles. So oh, 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 let, let, me, let me kind of step back just a little bit. Let me kind of back up just a little bit. So we see that happening. The seals that are being opened in the book of Revelation, the seals that are being opened represent, now listen to this, 
The seals represent the wrath of man. That, that coincides with, you know, that coincides with persecution. Persecution that's going to be experienced when all this happens. I mean, uh, right now we're all saying, oh yeah, we experience that on a daily basis. We, we go through it every now and then. Yes, we do. We do, don't we? We're, we're spoken against. We're treated a certain way. And people look at us funny. People even say things about us, you know, and, and say all kinds of stuff. But that's not, we're not really experiencing the full intensity of that, of what's going to happen during that time. That's why you better love Jesus. You better love Jesus. So the seals represent the, the wrath of man. Remember that. The wrath of man. Okay? But the trumpets and the vials represent the wrath of God. That's how you make the distinction. Represents the wrath of God. So we will experience, amen, tribulation. We will go through the tribulation. Some of us will actually give up our life. And some won't. But... But if you look at the scripture, the, the majority of persecution that will be hurled against God's people at that time are going to be against the Jews. Of course, that's another story determining how we survive and how we get through to the sixth seal. That's another story. We'll get there. Like I said, there's so much deep detail about this. It's, you can't just, you know. So here we are. The seals. And then, and now, now this is a timeline of happening. This is past the, the midpoint of the 70th week. So this is probably past three and a half years. There's a timeline. So when the rapture of the church happens, it happens just past a year and a half maybe. I'm not, I'm not putting my finger on it. But a year and a half maybe past the midpoint, the rapture of the church. So what's left? What's left is is what? What's left is three and a, uh, uh, three and a half years. Oh, not that three and a half years. Excuse me. Uh, two years. In the seventh week of Daniel. Okay. So it's just like let me say let me let me put it this way. Uh, that's the beginning. Everybody see that joint right there? Yeah. That's the end. This is the, this is the end of the seventh week. So somewhere in between here, this is the midpoint. So beyond that, right about here, that's when the church is going to be raptured up. That's when the seventh seal is going to be, uh, the sixth seal is going to be opened up. And then that brings us to the seventh seal. When the seventh seal is open, guess what? From this right here, this point to this point, is going to be the trumpets and the vials. Okay? In this short uh, uh, span, but what's going to happen? The trumpets and the vials represent the wrath of God. That is going to be poured out upon all the whole earth. Now listen to this. It's going to be, what does the Bible say? Uh, upon all those who disobey the gospel. So here comes the first wave. Here comes the trumpets. And everybody reads Revelation. You read all those things that are going to be poured out. The wrath of God. The trumpets. And if you think that is going to be really harsh. 
that's just the beginning of it. Because that level of wrath brings us to the vials. When that seventh trumpet sounded, here comes the, the seven vials. And that first vial, guess what? The, the, the level, the severity, the degree of wrath is going to even get more intense. So here he is. He's pouring out his wrath upon all the ungodly, all those who disobey God. And guess what? During this time, the, the Israelites are still there. They're going through all this. They're suffering. And then he says, now comes the vials. But you know what? His main, his main uh, purpose in the vials is that he's going to pour out his wrath upon the kingdom of the Antichrist. So that's going to happen. Boom, 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 boom. But, here, but here's the thing. All this, all this darkness, all this wrath from God, guess what? Here are his people. that third at the end of the 70th week of Daniel. My, my, my. I still haven't talked to you about tabernacles yet, have I? <laughs> because I'm just showing you what all the events and activities that are happening from the rapture of the church up until that point. That's, that's why the, the celebration of tabernacles is going to be just such a beautiful thing. Not just for the church, but for God's people. The Israelites. That's amazing, isn't it? So, during the time after the rapture of the church, the Lord begins to deal with the nation of Israel. They call that the times, or they call that the time of Jacob's trouble. And we read that a few more minutes in Jeremy. Jeremiah chapter 30 and, and you read there Jeremiah chapter 30 uh, we're all familiar with this scripture verse but we'll just go ahead and read it anyway uh, chapter 30 verses 4 right around there in that area it says uh, it says and if I can find the right page here it says and these are the words that came that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah for thus saith the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with trial. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. So we see what they're referring to as far as Jacob's trouble. And he's going to be saved out of it. So as they go through this time, this time period, the wrath of God poured out upon the earth. And uh, we see the Jews who survive the day of the Lord will be saved. Daniel chapter 12. 
Daniel chapter 12. Are you still in the Mind Prophets and Youth Group? Okay. Yeah, give them a chance to get acquainted with the Mind Prophets. Give me a chance to get reacquainted with the Mind Prophets. Yeah, but that's, that's a good way of getting everybody studying like they should. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> yeah, he's a major prophet. Amen. Daniel chapter 12, and look what it says uh, uh, in verse number 10. And, and of course, he, he talks about, to Daniel about certain things, and, oh, oh Lord, help me, about this peace. Go this way. And, 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 and look what it says. Uh, verse number 9, and he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till, till the time of the end. And he shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from that time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that make the desolate set up, there shall be a thousand 290 days. Now pay attention to that number. 1,290 days. Blessed is he that waiteth to come unto the 1,305 and 30 days. But go thou thy way to the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the day. So we see that he's talking about them being purified. Them coming through this time of trouble. They're going to be, they're going to be purified. God is going to, amen, uh, bring a remnant through. Remember, Paul talked about a remnant. In Zechariah 13 now, in Zechariah 13, <clears throat> you'll see this in the book of Zechariah in, in 13, or let's go to verse, uh, uh, excuse me, man, 12, chapter 12 in Zechariah, and right on verse number 10, and look what he says, uh, and uh, it says, And I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that day shall there be a great mourning in Jerusalem as the mourning of Hadarimmon in the valley of Mikidon, and the land shall mourn every family apart, the family of the house of David apart, their wives apart, the family of the house of Nathan apart, and their wives apart, the family of the house of Levi apart, and their wives apart, the family of Shimei apart, and their wives apart, all the families that remain, every family apart, and their wives apart. So we see what's going to take place there as far as that's concerned, so and then you, you read there in, in Zechariah 13 in verse number one, it says, In that day shall there shall be a fountain opened up to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. So man, God is going to and, and verse number eight nine. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die. You see that? But the third shall be left therein. 
and I will bring the third part through the fire and refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them and I will say, it is my people. They shall say, the Lord is my God. So we see that after all this happening here during this time, God is going, going to finally bring that remnant through. He's going to bring that remnant through. We'll stop here for tonight. And, uh, we'll continue on globally next week and we'll go through some details. We'll bring it all together in that final, uh, the final uh, uh, end there. And going into the millennial reign of Christ, we're going to see how that all just kind of sets up the whole thing as far as the, the, the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. So thank you very much for your patience tonight. God bless you and have a good evening.